This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Mark Miller, Chief Commercial Officer at Wildflower Health. Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Great to be here, Laura. Thanks. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but before we dive into our discussion, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background as well as Wildflower Health? Sure. Yeah, you bet. Um, I'm the, like you said, Chief Commercial Officer here with Wildflower Health, and I started in healthcare over 20 years ago. I promise I started really young. Uh, and I started out actually in specialty pharmacy, and that was back in 2000 before specialty pharmacy was really a thing. And I really enjoyed the process of helping define a new market, even though at that time when I was really quite young, <laughs> I had a, a you know a relatively narrow role. Since then, I've remained in healthcare, primarily in the startup world, um, working with companies that are trying to solve big problems. And one of the things that certainly attracted me to Wildflower Health was that as well, um, trying to solve big problems and doing it in the right way. And I'll tell you a quick story if, if we have time. One of the things that hooked me back in specialty pharmacy was that we had a wall of fame, we called it, in the pharmacy. And we would get comments back, surveys and comments back from patients. And I remember reading a bunch of these and one of them really stuck in my head. And it said that because of you, and it named a specific person that this, that this guy worked with every, uh, every month to get his refills, I can finally pick up and play with my five-year-old grandson. That hooked me when I saw that and understood that there's a way to have a business in healthcare, yes, but also when you do it the right way, you can really affect the people ultimately that we're trying to help. And uh, that's what we do at Wildflower Health. We focus on women's health. We really focus on better connecting with women and connecting them with the resources within healthcare that they need to get the best outcomes. But also in the background, stitching together the providers and the payers around that patient to make sure that they have access to all of those resources so that they ultimately are able to become more of a participant in their care as opposed to just somebody that care happens to. That's a really great point. And I love that story in terms of how you're motivated to do what you do every single day. And really, it's so important for people across the country as they're going through their healthcare journeys. So when you think about, you know, where you're at today at Wildflower Health, what are some of the issues that you're spending most of your time on? Um, what really captures your attention? Well, I'd say that at Wildflower Health, we've certainly gone through a, an evolution as has digital health generally and health technology. And where we spend most of our time and me, where I spend most of our time, it's, it's sort of similar to back in the specialty pharmacy days in helping really, and I would say more instead of define a market, sort of start to redefine a market this time around value-based care. So far, I would say value-based care, depending upon where you look, look, has been a bit of a mixed bag of results. Some really pretty solid, others a little underwhelming. So in my opinion, there's a ton of green space for companies to really dig in and build from where we started. And so that's really where we focus and I focus at at Wildflower Health is to look at all of the intricacies of healthcare and start to see where the gaps are and the deficiencies are. I think when you look at trying to help people improve outcomes, especially as you focus on women's health and where we have started our focus on value-based care around the OB episode, there's some pretty simple things that we're trying to achieve doesn't mean they're easy to do, but it's easy to identify. If we can get patients to do what we know based on data, guidelines, et cetera, that we know that they need to do to do it, that's a win. 
if we can also help providers get the information that they need and have the support that they need to practice medicine and care the way that they want to, that's a win as well. And so really that's where we focus a lot of what we do is standing up those solutions to fill those gaps of how do we better connect with the patient when they're not in the provider's office? But more importantly, how do we get that information directly in front of the provider's face so that they can use it to provide that care, address those preventable complications that are popping up? And then vice versa, how do we better translate what the, is happening in the provider office on a day-to-day -day basis back to that patient and stitching those two things together better helps us address those sort of primary issues of helping a patient become more of a participant in their care and giving the provider, without more work on their plate, giving the provider the ability to, to really provide the care that they want. Absolutely. I think that's really important. I love the point that you raised in, in terms of just making sure that the provider has the information that they need in order to make great decisions, but also educate the patient so they can make those decisions together. And you know, when you're thinking about um, how obviously healthcare is changing, in some ways becoming more consumer driven, and in other ways, you know, the um, the clinicians are changing as well. Uh, is there anything that you've noticed in terms of what works well to really, um, you know, get that message across to the physicians or really communicate things most effectively these days? Yeah, I would say that every there's a couple of key points and. One of those is it can't cause more work for the providers. Um, and that there's a couple of things you can do there. One, like I was saying, it has to be in front of them, uh, that get that information in front of the provider. And that, that means within their daily workflow. So what is a provider doing every single day when they're seeing their patients or preparing for their next visit? And making sure that we can get within that workflow so it's automatically there. The provider doesn't have to new, learn some new portal or some new platform or some new process. The information that they need is there, and then they can use that information uh, to direct the patient what they want them to do. And then the other piece as well is that when you think about, think about being a provider, right? They go and they contract with a lot of different payers to get paid their fee for service, whatever services that they're providing. And a lot of those contracts are very different. Some will have certain bonuses or penalties, and they vary a lot. So any way in which we can make that more and more consistent for the provider also helps, right? So when you talk about aligning incentives and making those incentives tied to things that are going to, one, be achievable for the provider, but also something that they can actually understand during their practice and be right in front of their face, those are two areas where we focus uh, that I think are really important to helping like you said, support and provide, get the provider the information they need, but not in a way that's disruptive or just adds to a plate that's already overflowing with stuff they need to do. I, I think that's a really good point and, and really is helpful to kind of conceptualize and see how everything works in tandem and really what's important um, to the clinicians. So when you think about where you're at today, it sounds like there's a lot of great work happening right now, but also I'm sure you have an eye on the future. How are you thinking about growth and investment over the next year or two? I think what we're looking to do is really continue to invest and focus in supporting, in supporting better women's health, like what we're doing now focused on OB. How do we expand that focus as we continue to find these things that work? How are we able to then extend that beyond a pregnancy and newborn episode into more 
of uh, women's health and the other, the other areas of women's health, like menopause or different episodes like endometriosis or hysterectomy, where there are clear value points to being able to tie that patient and provider really well together, look at the, the uh, post-acute care portion of, of, of an episode. Um, and then also, I'd say where we're also looking to invest is to find other companies like ours where we can partner other companies like ours that, that have the same drive that are really focused on outcomes, therefore leading to business success um, so that we can extend what we do, extend what they do, find different ways to work together to, to address a broader population. Absolutely. I think it just seems like right now in healthcare, especially the name of the game is partnerships and um, trying to figure out how to navigate forward. I, I know it's a particularly challenging time in many industries, but in healthcare in particular too, and just trying to make sure that um, people have the care that they need, despite all the other economic challenges that are happening. Um, but especially, mm-hmm. you know, with the patient population that you're serving, uh, is there anything that you've noticed about them or that you feel like they will be, um, you know, will be demanding more of in the future? I would say, yeah, a couple, a couple of things. Um, like I was talking about with providers, making things easy, making it in front of them, making it easy to navigate and understand, that flows directly over to the patients as well. How do we make it easy? How do we make healthcare easy to somebody who's not in it? Honestly, the way that our company started was our founder and current CEO, Leah Sparks. She had a, was trying to become pregnant, had risk factors, they manifested. And she, being a healthcare veteran, having been at McKesson for, I don't know, 10, 15 years at this point, was like, whoa, this is really hard for me to navigate. And I understand healthcare. I can't imagine what it's like for other people. That hasn't gone away. Healthcare is really difficult for people, even that know it really well. And so anything we can do, and this is what we continue to see people love about what we do, is like I was saying, stitching together resources from their payer and their provider to fully encircle them with things that they're eligible for, not some phone number that you're maybe going to call and not be able to use or something like that, but clear resources that they need in the moment, right when they're reading about something like depression during pregnancy or something along those lines to immediately connect with a resource that's available to them, whether it's through their payer, whether it's through their provider or some other type of resource. So making that navigation very easy and then also really helping them understand healthcare. It's not easy to be health literate, as people say, right? And again, whether you're in healthcare or you're not, how do we help better make people understand what's happening, understand what's supposed to be happening? And then when you start to look at things like health equity and whatnot, how do we help people better advocate for themselves so that they can not only be an informed healthcare consumer, but also advocate for themselves so that they can see things that are going wrong and make a change when they need to make a change and get truly get the care that they need. So that again, sort of driving that, how do we make being a participant in your care really easy for those, uh, for the, for the users and the patients. Absolutely. I really identify with that as someone who has recently gone through that journey of pregnancy. And as you mentioned, being somewhat in the healthcare space for, for the, our media company here and just, you know, it, it's never easy, no matter what level of understanding you have of it. So um, I, I definitely can relate to what you're talking about and certainly important work all the way across the board. 
Well, well congratulations. I, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> before we wrap up our conversation, I just wanted to ask, what else are you excited about right now? I think we've gone over lots of different um, areas where there's, you know, so much great work being done and growth and potential for sure in terms of, you know, connecting um, providers, payers, and, and others with the right information they need. Uh, what else are you really excited by? Uh, I, I, I'm excited that digital health is starting to mature some. Um, it's no longer this pilot type thing or, or future of healthcare. It's actually really starting to mature. And that means that healthcare institutions are also demanding results though, right? So you can't just be some cool whiz bang, look good, digital health connection device or something like that. You really have to produce results. And I think that's a really good thing for digital health. And so that, that, that gets me excited because that means that it's here to stay and people are really starting to throw the effort behind their digital health strategies instead of it's just something we have to have and let's see what happens. That gets me really excited on one aspect. I'm also excited about the fact that I see more and more employers and even individuals starting to take a stand in healthcare. We can't just keep writing blank checks to healthcare costs. And, that, and hope that things will somehow magically get better, like the healthcare cost delta is gonna show up and everything's gonna be wonderful. The end payer is really starting to stand up and say, hey, I demand quality and cost efficiencies. Also, you're starting to see some legislative push there, right? With transparency, with the CAA, switching the fiduciary responsibility over directly to the employer who's providing employee benefits to be able to say that I know for a fact the healthcare benefits that I'm providing for my employees and dependents is high quality, low cost, and a good value. So the legislative help there is starting to get the employers to, like I say, stand up and demand better. And I think as you see more of that, you get the larger sort of institutional healthcare organizations that have been around for a long time starting to pay a lot more attention. So that will continue to move innovation, especially I think around payment models and how we pay for healthcare. And then the fact that digital health is becoming more real will continue to enable innovation to happen more from how healthcare is delivered. That's what I'm most excited about, I'd say. I love it. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Absolutely, we'd love to do it again.